The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you here in church. And those of you at home, it's good to be here and to come and preach to you about treasures in the Word of God. So what are those gems in the Bible that you've got up your sleeve that you know about? that's made a difference to you? What are those treasures in the Bible that you really love and have impacted you? What I, I want to do is to express something of that, of some things that have happened to me through the Word. I had to clearly say that this is the best book there is for guiding us in our lives. It's a wonderful book. It's not just a book of stories of people. It's a story. It's a, it's a book that actually has an impact on, um, on us. I absolutely love it. If nothing else this morning, I want to encourage you to go away and read it and allow God to speak to you through it. But we do need to find time for it, don't we? Somehow or other, we need to take out some time during the week and to read it. You might recall what Pastor William has said in terms of three recommendations that come uh, to us in the Word when we're coming to the Word. Humility, that we need to come to it and read it with humility and a heart that's just right in him. You know, it made, made me think about humility because one of my favorite passages is about humility uh, in James 4, verse 7. God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. That's something that I've really thought about a lot over time uh, uh, for myself, thinking in terms of how I am as a man and how I am to be a person who is humble in the right way in terms of coming before people and, and just being there for people. Um, and, and it also says in 7, so humble yourself before God, uh, um, before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Well, some of you who know me well, you know I use that passage quite a bit to say to us, if we come close to God, he'll come close to us. That's another gem in the word. Three things, humility, the Holy Spirit. Call on the Holy Spirit to help you understand the Word. We need to do that. You know what? If you, if you pick it up and read it, and you're thinking it's quite hard work sometimes, actually, but if we, if we ask the Holy Spirit, reveal it to us. When I'm picking up the Word, reading a passage, Lord God, speak to me through it. Holy Spirit, I need you to help me understand this. And the third one was Meditation. Revelations come through spending time and thinking on the word and what it says to you and our obedience to that word. Meditation. And I'm going to talk about a particular passage in a, in a while that's really I've meditated and thought about and it's had a real impact over my life uh, over the last, certainly over the last 30 years, I'd say. But when we're talking about treasure, and it, you know, we've read these passages already in this series, Matthew 13 Verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in all his joy he went and he sold all he had and bought the field. That's what treasure is like for us 
If there's something so great in here, we want to get hold of it and allow God to speak to us through it. And also, we said also last couple of weeks, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It's something so special. It's, it's all the way through it is God-breathed. Father, I pray that you would come and help me to express my heart and what it is that you've spoken to me in the word over these years, Lord God. We thank you so much for your word, and I pray for everybody here and at home that they too will be impacted by what is shared this morning. Amen. When you think back to when you were saved and to the time when you were most committed in faith, when you were most challenged, something happened in your heart, did it not? And it changed everything. It was a new promise of commitment, a new turning to God, a time to say, whatever you want, Lord. It's not about ability, is it? It's about heart. It's about relationship, not capability. God wants to use us and for us to say, yes, Lord, use me. The Old Testament prophet Isaiah had such a meeting with God and had a clear call over his life. This was his commission to serve. So Isaiah chapter 6 describes what is called his commission, his call. God was calling him to serve and instructing him what he must do. Some years ago, some of us um, went to a conference in Brighton where we were challenged about the call over our lives uh, that God might have over our lives. And that conference and the message that was given at that conference and this passage have, a, have had a profound effect over me over many years. So this is Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to read it quite slowly, actually, because if you... If you try and imagine the story really clearly as to what was going on here, it is quite a profound situation that occurred. Now, whenever you start the beginning of it, if anyone starts this passage, I immediately know it. Because it starts with, it was the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. I was sitting on a he was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They called out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it 
and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. We can clearly see from the passage the impact it had on Isaiah by the encounter and the very presence of God. One of, our, one of the effects of the presence of God, of course, is our recognition of our sin and guilt. Saved or not, we feel this in the very presence of God. This is what happened to Isaiah. Seeing what he saw and feeling what he felt, he recognized his sin and his guilt. You know what? We have been praying for the presence of God to come in this place over the last few weeks. Well, we do it a lot, but actually we have been because we want to see God moving. I don't know about you, but I felt the presence of God this morning. And when it happens, we're undone. And in the circumstances, Isaiah was undone because he came into the presence of the living God. Isaiah felt unclean and wretched. I have filthy lips and I'm not worthy of being in the presence of, I'm not worthy of being in the presence of the Lord. That encounter gave him a clear recognition of his sin and guilt. And we read of his forgiveness by God through the seraphim coming down and touching his lips. I'm forgiven. This is what God does when we come before him and we confess and repent our sins. If we're, if we're not a Christian, then we need to do that and call upon him and he will forgive us. If we are Christians and we've got stuff, we should do it regularly anyway. You know, I'm, I'm unworthy. But we know by what Jesus has done for us on the cross that we are forgiven and we are saved. Praise God. But the bit I want to concentrate is on the calling bit because that piece of it is the bit that's had such a profound effect over my life. The call to go. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? If we have met with the Lord and come into his very presence and confessed our sin and received forgiveness, there must be a response to that from us in our lives that we would go for him. Back in Brighton all those years ago, that's what happened to me. Yes, I was saved. Yes, I had experienced the presence of God in me through the Holy Spirit. And praise God, I still do. Yes, I knew forgiveness, and I still do. But what about the call to go? What about that, folks? That night I was challenged to commit myself to serve God however, wherever he called me for the rest of my life. 
That was my call to serve. I can remember responding to the call at the conference by going forward and praying at the front what Isaiah said, here am I, send me. Whatever you say, Lord, wherever you lead, Lord. As a lighter side of it, Pastor Jonathan was with me at the time, and he would tell you that he didn't go forward. I did, and he didn't. Now, that's not to say something didn't happen for him. I'm sure it did, but as it turned out, I know he'd say that. I can remember responding at the conference and going forward and praying at the front what Isaiah had said. Here am I, send me. Whatever you say, Lord, or wherever you lead, Lord. Now that's a big prayer, isn't it? And his commitment to send, he said, I said, here am I, send me. Folks, this is a response to a call of the mighty God to serve him. Yes, send me. We mustn't limit God what he might want us to do, but our first step is to respond and say, I'm willing to serve you wherever, putting aside all the other things that are in life. Now that's a big ask, isn't it really? God might be calling you to go and take the gospel to the world. He may be calling you to train others, to, to, to train to lead others to Christ or to serve in the church. There is a call for pastors, youth leaders, and children's workers. Here in the church, we have a real need for people who are willing to step up and serve. So this is a call for that. As Isaiah had that call to serve, and I'm expressing something that's happened in my life, we have a call for people to serve wherever God is sending. We don't know what that is. He didn't know what it was for him, and neither did I at the time. Do you know what? We have people serving upstairs. Jan's serving today up there in, in kids' church, BTC Kids. She's been doing that for over 30 years. We need a new team with people who've got a heart to actually take the gospel to the children of, of people in this church. We need people to step up and say, I'm willing to serve. Is God calling you to step up to do that? We need help with the youth. You know what? We need a youth pastor. We've got great youth people, uh, leaders, but we need others as well. Are you willing to do that? And behind the desk, our great team behind the desk, we don't have enough people to serve on AV, sound, or live streaming. We need other people to step up, whatever God is calling you to do. And our great team serving BSL, we need more to help our friends. For, for, all, for me, all this comes out of the word of God that spoke into my life through a passage in the Bible. It's such a passage that we come to with humility, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to guide us forward. For each of us, there may be a different passage or passages that have that effect over our lives. 
Shortly after the Brighton conference and my response to God, I was made redundant. Well, what should I do? Was I going full-time in the church? I applied for, at that time, a course in church leadership for training for that twice a month during the week over two years. I felt I was responding to this call by actually getting myself trained. But within a few weeks, I was actually offered a very good full-time job. And I, I, was a, you know, I was in a quandary about this, you can imagine. So I remember saying to the people, the guy who offered me the job, I said, look, I've signed up for this course, this Christian course, and I, I want to do this. And he knew all about this sort of thing because he had somebody else on his team who was training to be a Baptist pastor. So it, that was a tremendous provision. He understood. And he said, I want you in this job. You can have those days off. And I had 24 days off to train, paid for by the company over those years as part of that provision. I, you know, I've, I've been aware over the years of a call over my life and over my working years. And in fact, I, for a long time, I sort of held myself in reserve to, to go full-time in the church. Well, I can smile to say that no one has said to me, I want you to come. You know, no one here said, come on, Clive, now's your moment. But I still held myself in reserve. I didn't really apply for anything because I thought, well, any minute now, I might need to step up. One day, I got a call from a headhunter. Now, for those who don't know, they're the sort of people who actually search for people in senior roles. And I was myself really shocked. I mean, why would anyone call on me? I mean, I, I left school at 16. Uh, I didn't get any A-levels. I didn't go to university. Uh, and, I, you know, I had a very successful career and, and had some senior roles. Uh, and so I was really quite surprised by that. Uh, and I, I was shocked. What do I do? I, I'm holding myself in reserve, you know. I, I ought not to go for a secular job with somebody's coming for me. And, I, and I, had, I was very happy where I was. I met the headhunter, and he said to me, he said, this is a new job, it's a senior job with an American company. Oh, okay. And I, I remember coming here for a meeting that evening when he said, look, they want to meet you. And I came in this room here, and we had a, a Canadian pastor here. Some of you might have heard this before. A Canadian pastor who was preaching to us here. It was one of those evenings. Everyone was, it was really very lively. I expect a lot of people were falling on the floor. There's all sorts of things going on. And I was at the back. I didn't move the whole time. I was in an absolute quandary. What on earth do I do? About my call. And uh, somebody said to me, would I take this guy and his wife to where they were staying? That wasn't expected. I had no idea. I did know this guy vaguely. I'd met him some years before. And he, uh, we got in the car, literally outside there, in my car. And he said, oh, Clive, how are you? I haven't seen you for years. Are you well? He said, do you still work in hospitals? I said, well, I do. I was really surprised he could remember. I hadn't seen him for about three years. Could you remember me? He's a Canadian guy. I went, yeah. He said, because I've got a word from God for you. Oh, hang on a minute. He said, I believe you're going to go into the office of a president. And I said, well, only today I've had a call 
from a headhunter to say, I want you to go for an interview. And it's a suggested interview with a, an American company. He said, well, you need to take that on board. I thought, now, you have to go with me with this next bit, OK? This is a bit different. His wife was in the back. She, she hadn't heard what he'd said. And we were driving down the road. She said, there's a very, very strong smell in your car. She said, I'm being, over, being overwhelmed by alcohol smell in the back of your car. And I thought, there's nothing in my car. There's nothing in my car. There's no alcohol in my car. She said, it's like a medical alcohol smell. She said, you're going to have to pull over. I'm trying to drive the car here. He said, in this job, would you be more in hospitals now, in this new job, than you are now? I said, well, I think so. It seems to be the case. He said, well, you need to take that on board. And then when he said that, she said, oh, it's gone now. I'm getting lost driving them to where they're going with all this going on. And on the way round, I said to this guy, Jim, I said, I'm holding myself in reserve to work in the church. And he said, I believe God wants you out there. Wow. I felt this weight go off my shoulders. You know, two or three weeks later, I went to the office of the vice president. And a week later, I went into the office of the president and was appointed as the director of an American company in central London. Well, what God does. You know, the reason why I, I retired, for those who don't know, I retired early after 10 years in that job. And the reason why I've been serving here in the church is because I could, because I had opened that up. This is what happens when you get hold of a passage and it gets into your heart. When we have humility and we come before it, before God and say, what is it you want to show me in it? We allow the Holy Spirit to move in it, in our hearts, and we meditate on it over the years. I pray that God will be doing the same with you as you pick up the word and you regularly read it and you say to the Lord, speak to me through it. Bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.